Welcome to the inaugural Out on a Limb podcast, where traditional finance and the new digital economy converge. What we're going to be talking about on these podcasts is current crypto and fiat events, or perhaps I should say current fiat and crypto events, given the relative size, without shying away from taking a position. In other words, we'll go out on a limb in terms of the opinions that we express. My name is Tim Enneking, and the first question you should be asking yourself is, why the heck listen to me? And the answer is, I have a foot very strongly in each camp, on the fiat side and on the crypto side. On the fiat side, I've been a fund manager for almost 30 years, and for the last seven years, I've been the chief investment officer of a nine-figure family office based in Southern California. On the crypto side, and I should say in advance, I'm not selling anything here. I'm just explaining what my background is. I've been involved in crypto since 2013 when I was asked to run the first fund uh, in the crypto space. It wasn't my fund, but I had a lot of fund management experience, as I mentioned, and uh, I began running it. Then, after about a year, I created my own fund, the first crypto trading fund in the world, which was an offshore fund. Uh, when I moved back to the U.S. about seven years ago, hence the timing on the CIO side, I shut that fund down because it's difficult to run an offshore fund from the U.S. and created a U.S. fund with about a year gap in the middle because of the move. And that fund is now well over five years old, making it one of the older uh, crypto trading funds uh, in the space in the U.S. So that latest fund called Crypto Asset Fund is run by a management company called DCM, Digital Capital Management. One of the classes of that fund in 2021 won a number of awards. It was given an award as the best hedge fund in the crypto space. Much more importantly, it was given two awards as the best performing hedge fund in the world. And I should say both of these awards are measured in terms of performance. So it's done quite well for itself and continues to do well. Okay, I'm the managing director of Digital Capital Management. The second position I have is as the managing partner of an organization called Salion, spelled P-S-A-L-I-O-N, which for you language mavens means chain in ancient Greek. Uh, that organization based in BVI with a couple partners based in Europe runs a very, very well-performing yield farming uh, product on an SMA basis. So it's not a fund, it's a segregated managed account. And it also runs a VC fund, which it just launched. The third organization I'm involved in is called Hexus Management, uh, again as a managing partner. It founded a fund called VARI, V-A-I-R-I, Variable Alternative Inflation Resistant Interests. So that fund pays out the higher of U.S. CPI inflation plus 2% on the one hand or 5% on the other. So just in summary, I'm involved in a lot of organizations uh, on the crypto side and a very diversified organization on the fiat side. So it really sets me up in a way where I can not only explain crypto space to fiat people and vice versa to the extent necessary, but also really look at both spaces and see how they interact in a way that most people cannot. I'm also a bit of a history buff, so uh, I really got a good background in history, but recently, especially starting in 2013, when I first heard about Bitcoin and thought it was the dumbest thing I'd ever heard of, I've got a sense of fiat financial history. And it turns out, if you talk even to very advanced 
very successful uh, financial people in the TradFi space and the traditional financial space, they really don't know much about fiat history. In other words, the history of the sector that's made them wealthy in, in many cases. Because of this, people have been telling me to do this for ages, and now, uh, thanks to Chad Anderson, my uh, head of marketing and uh, PR and IR, investor relations, finally doing this. So we will focus on current events with an emphasis on the interrelationship, including correlation, but they're different things. The interrelationship between fiat and crypto, because it's very much growing. And then we'll throw some historical tidbits into it, as well as perhaps a biographical tidbit here and there. Finally, we'll also be doing background pieces on subjects such as where crypto came from, what crypto really is, uh, what fiat financial history is relevant that led to the inevitability, really, of, the, of crypto developing. So now we'll shift to current events, enough about the background. The big current event today is obviously Jackson Hole and it, what is gonna come with uh, Powell's statement tomorrow. So let me go out on a limb and say that the statement will be mildly hawkish, but it will also be mildly bullish for the space. Now here I wanna talk about, uh, a little bit about how markets react. So we have a Friday statement, which is interesting. So a little piece of it, a little piece of the reaction will fit into the fiat space, but only in the US. European markets will be closed. Asian markets will have long been closed by the time any statement is made. So you'll, you'll see some reaction from the U.S. And that reaction may or may not be particularly relevant because it won't be particularly long-lived. So what's really going to happen is that the crypto space is going to react first uh, to what Powell says. And there'll be an initial reaction, and you often see this where it's hugely favorable or hugely unfavorable, and then it flips over time as as people think about what they said. But regardless of what the reaction is, crypto will lead because all the other markets will be closed or and closed for a while or soon to be closed. And this gives you another, leads us to another subject which is very much related to this, and that is weekend trends in the crypto space. Focus on this for a second and then I'll come back to, to fiat. What really happens, and I live in San Diego, so we're talking about uh, a big time change with Asia China wake up, as we call it, is really 15 hours later, and that's a wake up that's early, zero, zero 0600, right? So a very early wake up. We don't talk about open and close in the crypto space. We talk about wake ups, and just that's about it. So when the East Coast wakes up of the United States, when Asia wakes up, when Europe wakes up, you can see, often see very, very big moves. And weekends are interesting because the weekend is actually very short. When you're 15 hours ahead, the weekend happens or ends really at 3 p.m. PST in the U.S. or 6 p.m. EST in the U.S. or at midnight uh, CET, so Central European time in Western Europe because that's when Asia starts to wake up and you see those moves. The weekend ends when or begins rather, when the East Coast of the United States shut down, shuts down because then everybody is shut down. So it's a short weekend, about a day and a half long because of all the time zones. But that means since crypto markets never close that we're gonna see a reaction to Powell's comments over the weekend in crypto before we'll see them anyplace else. Now, 
want to talk a little about correlation, and then I want then we'll come back to what might really happen with uh, because of the news. The crypto fiat correlation has been increasing recently, particularly this year. But it's always been there's always been a correlation. It's often historically been very very low, and it's moved around a bit as well. But it's never been as high for as long as it has been this year. And I was been thinking about this, particularly earlier in the year. I thought, how can you calculate correlation when, as I said before, crypto markets never close? I once did a, a piece. It's in CoinDesk. If you if you look if you look up time and my last name Enneking E N N E K A N G on CoinDesk, you will find an article on crypto time. And my conclusion is that crypto runs about twenty five times faster than fiat. Now, I don't think it moves that much faster anymore, but there is an objective and an objective component to that analysis. The subjective component we can put aside, I want to talk about the purely objective component of time in the crypto space versus in the fiat space. Most fiat exchanges are open seven and a half to eight hours a day. So if you just do the analysis, take out the other 16 hours of the day and weekends, you end up with a five to one ratio. So crypto markets should move at least five times faster, although the correlation breaks, breaks down that analysis a little bit. If they were completely uncorrelated, things would happen five times faster in the crypto space than in the fiat space. And so there's some analysis that I've been wondering about this. I thought, how can they correlate? What happens when one of the markets is closed? Let's imagine that crypto worked 24 seven, but that it was just open at a different time than fiat. You really, in this Venn diagram consisting of two circles, could only do a correlation where there's an overlap, where both are open. And the fact of the matter is, since fiat is, uh, since fiat is only open uh, roughly 40 hours, a little less than 40 hours a week, and crypto is open almost five times more than that, you have a, a relatively narrow, in, term, in terms of percentage basis or per period of time, when you could even calculate correlation. So there's a great analysis that was done by Jake Gordon at Bespoke Investment Group. He looked over the last two years and said, okay, look, let's take crypto and buy it when fiat markets open. And he, as, as his example market, he used the, the NASDAQ and New York Stock Exchange, which run on the same hours in New York. So he used EST. Opens at 9.30, closes at 4, seven and a half hours. <clears throat> if you bought crypto when the markets open, the fiat markets open, and closed it and sold it when the fiat markets closed, you would lose money. If, on the other hand, you bought crypto right after the fiat markets closed and sold it right before they open, you would, make two, you would have made 270% over the last two years. So now you're left with a real, or a year and a half, now you're left with a real conundrum because you have a correlation that's supposedly very high, but that correlation is only relevant about 20% of the time. And so that tells me that it's not particularly relevant at all. So when you read a lot about correlation between crypto and fiat, you need to bear, you need to bear that in mind. Now, the other little factoid that I'll throw out here is the, is the aphorism on the fiat side that many of you I'm sure have heard of, which goes buy on the rumor, sell on the news. And that's actually quite good. You have, you have a share of stock, you have a company issue stock, it's got its earnings that are coming out, the whisper is, you know, no matter what the rules are on in, in, about insider trading are, there's always a whisper number, right? Some or people just feel optimistic and that starts to creep out there. So it's optimistic and the price goes up. And then you have the announcement of the actual 
dividend or the actual results. And sure enough, those results are good the, or the dividend is high. And then what happens is stock immediately drops back. Buying the rumors, selling the news. It happens far more than half the time. It's actually remarkable how good a rule that is. And, of course, then you have people try to front-run the actual news, so they sell a bit early, et cetera, et cetera, and you have the rest of the trading dynamic around that. But fundamentally, buying the rumors, selling the news. The corollary to that is that applies if it's good news. The flip side is what happens if it's bad news? And you never hear that. You never hear the aphorism, sell on the rumor, buy on the news. But it's the logical corollary to the first aphorism. And this is the aphorism that will apply in Jackson Hole. Even though Powell's statement, in my opinion, will be mildly hawkish, the reaction will be bullish. And the reason it will be bullish is because of sell on the rumor, buy on the news. People are concerned about it. You saw what happened in markets yesterday. They recover a little bit today. Generally this week, though, the trend is down because people are uncertain. I have never seen a period in, in almost 40 years of studying markets. I have never seen a period where there is so much uncertainty. You even have all of the successors of John Pierpont Morgan, Morgan Stanley on one hand and J.P. Morgan on the other hand, going disagreeing completely because J.P. Morgan is usually more bullish and Morgan Stanley is generally more bearish, but then every couple of weeks they'll flip. It's remarkable to me how much uncertainty there is. So you're seeing that this week. Any little bit of clear good news is very positive. So yesterday, uh, China announced 16 different steps to try to stimulate the economy. The one that got all the attention was a, a trillion yuan or tw trillion renminbi a stimulus package, about $150 billion. Not huge given the size of the economy, but not trivial. And all the markets went vertical. Crypto went vertical. BTC jumped immediately, almost $1,000. And the markets that were open, the fiat markets that were open, the equities markets jumped. So everyone, any sort of clear good news, everyone is jumping on it. And what you're going to see is not the most clear bad news, if you will, for one perspective tomorrow, but it will be bullish because the uncertainty is gone. Uh, the, there's, a, there's a lovely uh, scenario that, I, that I, uh, I really like, I think about in terms of this kind of thing from an investment standpoint. Your employee, you have a boss. Your boss one day is an angel, the best boss in the world. And the next day he's just a complete asshole and you have no idea uh, what he's going to, how he's going to react to anything. And then unfortunately, it's not just every other day. It's sort of, ram it's sort of random and you don't know what you're going to get in the morning. Or you have a different boss who's just an asshole every day. I would rather deal with a, with a boss, you know, door number two, who's a jerk absolutely every day than one who's going to be randomly be a good guy or a bad guy. That's the same sort of logic that applies here. If you know what's going to happen in the market, even if it's bad news, if it's clear, definitive, and finite bad news, it's good because you can deal with it. People are very good at dealing with whatever the scenario is, whatever reality is, just give us reality and let us deal with it. Now, the other reason that I think crypto markets will react bullishly, and more bull and I think fiat markets will react bullishly too when they get around to it on Monday, but they'll be more bullish on the crypto side is because of the last topic we'll talk about on today's, uh, today's podcast, and that is where the run-up to the merger uh, or the transition, uh, ETH from proof of work to proof of stake. Now it's one of it's a it's a great development. Usually people have to delay developments 
And granted, the merger's been delayed, actually, more than a couple of years. But now the date was initially put out at, I think it was September 26th. That then became September 19th. And as of today, the date, the estimated date is September 10th to 20th. And the reason there's such a broad gap there is because there's so much activity in the uh, Ethereum space right now. And the transition is actually a block. It's block number 5875 followed by 19 zeros. Once we get to that block, that's when the merge will become effective. And it's not exactly clear because it depends on traffic and other things when that merge will take place. But that's generally an optimistic development for crypto. So then we get to the first aphorism, buy in the news or buy in the rumor, rather sell on the news. We've got this coming. There's been a huge run up in ETH. There will continue almost certainly to be a run up in ETH, which will spill over into the rest of the crypto space, I submit, regardless of what Powell says tomorrow. Then when you actually get the merge, I would expect a, a clear sell on the news, a clear uh, settling back as people say, okay, the big, the big news is gone. Let me take my, let me take my profits here and run. So there we'll, we'll see in the very near future both halves of selling the rumor, buying the news, and buying the rumor, selling the news. The, the second one we'll see as a result tomorrow and going through Monday because of Jackson Hole. And the first we'll see uh, after, as we run up to the merger with ETH. So that's it for the initial Out on a Limb uh, podcast. I hope you enjoyed this, and we'll be doing these uh, once a week going forward. Thank you very much.